If you're enjoying Cinema Vino, you can give us your support by subscribing to our podcast on the Patreon app. There, you'll gain access to bonus features, such as many episodes and live stream events, all for a low monthly fee. Just download the Patreon app and search for Cinema Vino, or head over to patreon.com slash cinemavino. Cinema Vino. Uh, my name is Todd Wofford. This will be a special uh, mini solo podcast talking about the Oscars, kind of wrapping everything up. Um, I was pretty pleased with last night's Oscars. I'm kind of pleased with the, the awards that, that won. The Academy doesn't always get it right. Sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. Um, sometimes they aim for a topical movie that's not necessarily the best. Sometimes they, they give it to you know the more daring and avant-garde movie. And sometimes they just miss the ball completely. This time they had a chance to do both at once by giving it to everything everywhere all at once. It was the most innovative movie of the year. It was the best movie of the year. And they get to celebrate diversity by awarding it to, you know, the Asian cast and filmmakers behind it. They had a chance to do both things at one time, and they did that. So that was pleasing to see. There were other uh, worthy films that could have won. Um, but this one was clear in a way the best film of this last year. Every year that, the, that I'm watching these Academy Awards, it feels more and more obvious that there's too many Best Picture nominees. It's a crowded field with 10. Um, I kind of understand why they did it to drum up more interest. Um, and that's how back in the day the, the, they gave more not films nominations. But I liked it better with just five nominees. It made it a tighter field, more competitive. Um, you end up with 10 nominations like this. You, you get stuff that's not necessarily supposed to be nominated that in another year would never be nominated like Top Gun Maverick or Avatar. Those kind of movies get in there and they just they round out the field. It's like you know they're not going to win. At least I really hope they wouldn't win this year. And, you know, they just, they're there. They're just taking up space. So I, I wish that they would go back to, if not five nominees, then maybe like seven or eight nominees. Make it a smaller field of movies. Just to make it a little more competitive, you make it a little more, I don't know, get all the worthy films in in one, in one place. Uh, as for the acting awards, I pretty much saw it all the way around. The only uh, prediction I missed was Angela Bassett. I thought she would win for Best Supporting Actress, uh, but instead Jamie Lee Curtis won for Everything Everywhere All at Once. She was great in that movie. All the, the actors in that movie, it's underrated, it's not been talked about enough, that they basically did a whole bunch of performances crammed into one movie. They weren't just playing one character, they were playing a lot of variations of that character. So it required them to do a lot of different performances in one movie. And it's underrated how difficult that was, and every actor in that movie pulls it off great. So uh, can't complain about anybody in that movie getting an award. Uh, that is especially for uh, Michelle Yeoh. She was great and as leading that movie. That would have been a difficult role to take. That's a difficult movie to act in. I mean, hell, it was a difficult movie to watch the first time. There's a lot of movie crammed into that movie, and there's a lot of plot. And that's why you almost need to watch everything ever all at once twice to really pick up everything. The first time is to let the weirdness of it wash over you, and then the second time you can really get more into the story when you know what's coming. So... It benefits from multiple viewings. And the second time around, I appreciated the acting even more. Um, Kei Hui Kwan, obviously, he was great in the movie. 
And that's such a good story, him being off the grid in terms of acting for almost 20 years and then coming back out of nowhere and winning the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. That's that's awesome. Um, it'll be great now seeing him in the old school like 80s movies like Indiana Jones and Tipple of Doom, Goonies, seeing him back then and now realizing that he someday will go on to win an Academy Award. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, Best Director, The Daniels, um, not a huge shock. I thought they might give it to Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, but there's probably some voter fatigue with Steven Spielberg because he's already won so many awards. Um, it's great to see somebody new. Even Spielberg was praising the Daniels and the work that they did. So, I mean, when when he is backing another movie, you know it's got to be good. So it was good to see that. Uh, not surprisingly, Everything Everywhere All at Once also won Best Screenplay, uh, Best Original Screenplay. Um, when a movie features an everything bagel as a major plot device at the center of an existential crisis, you know that it's got to win Best Original Screenplay. If that doesn't win, something's wrong with the Academy. Um, best Adapted Screenplay was Sarah Pauly. A little bit surprising. I didn't love that screenplay. Not necessarily a bad movie. Well acted, well made. But I didn't love the screenplay because it, it made everything feel very written. It felt very theatrical. Um, the, the dialogue was almost kind of overly written and clunky. Um, it just it didn't ring true for me. And for such a powerful story as that, it, it diminished the impact. So it, it, it hurt the movie, in my opinion. But that's just me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I thought the Academy did great uh, this year. It was solid. So I'll be curious to see um, what wins next year, you know, where, where we go with it. They, they rarely give avant-garde movies like Everything Everywhere all at once. They rarely give those type of movies awards two years in a row. So next year will be more conventional. Last year was CODA, uh, which was shocking to me. I, I did not think that that was going to win, and it did. It was a more conventional movie. Um, and then the year before that you had uh, Nomadland, and the year before that you had Parasite. So two more worthy independent films the year before that, Green Book. So which was a more conventional, typical Oscar movie, in my opinion. Um, so you never know. The, the Academy Awards have, have become a box of chocolates. You don't know what they're gonna, who they're going to award and why. So there's a lot of politics. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. It was kind of like the nomination of Andrea Riseborough for, uh, to Leslie for Best Actress. A lot of controversy around that because she and her people supposedly campaigned. I mean, and everybody campaigns for that stuff. Everybody campaigns for Academy Awards. But I think the reason why she got in hot water is because it wasn't a big production. There's not a lot lot of money behind it. You know, a lot of the other people don't get in hot water because they're big studios and they have lots of money. They have lots of power. So, I don't know. She, that, her performance was, in my opinion, the best performance last year, especially in the best actress category. Again, that's nothing on Michelle Yeoh. She was a very worthy winner for that. But her... Andre Riseborough was incredible and to Leslie. And so and in a different year, she she very well could have won that. And it's a shame the controversy kind of ruined that moment. But anyway, yeah, so you'll have to tune in for our next series. Uh, we are going to do um, two months of films that at least one host has not seen before, important movies that we haven't seen. Um, so there's going to be some good stuff. I, we tried to go for even movies that two of us haven't seen. So there's going to be some good stuff. The first film we're going to do, for example, is Unforgiven. Um, I will say as a movie nerd, it was tougher to find movies that I haven't seen. 
Uh, for me, my two films are going to be, and they're a little bit further down the road, but Blow and Last Tango in Paris. Last Tango in Paris is one of the few big, important, critical successes in movie history. I have never seen it. It was X-rated, so I was forbidden at growing up to watch it. Um, but I'm curious to go back and see it. Um, but yeah, first movie we're going to do is Unforgiven, and then the movie after that is Chinatown. So uh, those are both personal favorites of mine, great movies. It'll be uh, great to go back and see those. And then after this series wraps up, we've got a, a fun summer series, uh, The Summer of Chaos, where we will put different movies, anything goes, could be anything. We'll put them all into a bucket, draw them out. Could be bad movies, could be good movies, could be blockbusters, could be indie films, could be anything. And then, I mean, it, chaos will reign, and then we will draw the same thing, a, a different type of grape. It could be any type of type of wine out of a hat. We will drink that wine. We will watch that movie. It, chaos will be everywhere. So it will be worth checking out for sure. Um, but, yeah, we have one more uh, Oscar mini episode to upload. The Fablemans, I will get that out very soon uh, on the Patreon app. If you want to go check that out, we're going to have a lot more exclusive content coming to Patreon. So if you guys want to listen to that, be sure to check it out and it will help us out as well. But uh, my name is Todd Wofford and this has been a little mini episode of Cinema Vino. Great movies, drunker all the time. Uh, just talking about the Oscars and wrapping everything up. And I really thank you guys for listening and continuing to listen. We appreciate your support and I will see you guys next time. Be sure to listen, rate, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our website is at cinemavino.net, and reviews of these films can be found at toddwoffordmovies.com.